0: All right, everybody, welcome to Indie Radio broadcast number 71. Uh, indie Radio is an indie game development talk show that airs bi-weeklies on Saturdays at noon U.S. Central Time to keep you up to date with the ever-evolving world of indie game development, debate about issues in the indie game scene, and to let you into the mind of, of, ugh, of some of the most interesting people behind the creation of indie games. Uh, I'm your host, Brett Hudson, broadcasting live from the Midwest United States. Ian should be here in a minute. Uh, Don't quite know where he is, but uh, his introduction is he's Ian Jones and he's broadcasting from the U.S. East Coast. Oh, and speak of the devil. There's Ian. Did you just finish your intro? I literally just finished your intro. I was like, I'll just say his intro because he'll be here eventually.
1: Well, that's me.
0: (laughs) Perfect. All right. And uh, we've got a special guest here today. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm Sebastian Nigro. Uh, just another indie dev
2: coming from uh, <laughs> from Oregon.
0: Just just another indie dev.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not, yeah, so... not much uh, special.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. You're, you're working on some pretty cool stuff. Um, so uh, the show usually goes that we do news, and then we go into the interview and we talk to the developer about what they're working on, uh, their life, all that all that jazz, uh, but first we need to do the typical rundown of how, how to interact with us and all that. So if you're listening to this on uh, the indie function website, there's an IRC client just built right in. Uh, you can join, you can put in a username, and you can chat with us, uh, share share links if there's like a news topic that you think we should talk about, or if you have questions uh, for Sebastian, you can just go ahead and ask. Um, if you're using an IRC client, it's on the irc.afternet.org network, and the channel is Indie Function, I-N-D-I-E Function. Um, and you can just jump in there, uh, and I'll be checking that frequently. So, yeah. And uh, Sebastian's in there as CBassN. Yep. So, alright. let right, um, let's, let's move on to the news topics. So, first up, if I can find where I've put these, uh, is The Witness finally releases. Uh we we had Jonathan Blow on back in August of two thousand twelve. And he said, you know, oh yeah, the, the witness'll be out in two thousand thirteen, I'm I'm sure of it. Uh and it was not it. it was <laughs> not released. It's uh, close
1: enough. Three yeah. Years, yeah. Eh. Nah,
0: Three years. Kind of a little slack. Nine hundred
2: days, not a big deal.
0: Yeah, that's, that's a clue right there for one of the puzzles is how many years it took to develop, right? Um, yeah, so The Witness has been in development since 2008. Uh, pretty much when Braid released, he started working on The Witness. Um, so it was in development for eight years. That's a long time. Um, but it's finally man. out. It's uh, $40. A lot of people were like, what? $40 for an indie game? Uh, but honestly, it's pretty justified. He put eight years into it. Uh, The game costs six million dollars to make, and there's a whole team of people behind it—not just—not just just John and uh, an artist and a musician. There's there's a whole team. Uh, Casey Miratori, who we had on a couple weeks ago, even did some work on the game. Uh, They contracted him to do some work. So like, it's a huge project, and the forty dollars is definitely definitely worth it. Uh, Ian Ian has it. I have it. It's pretty fun. Believe you were saying that you want to get it, Sebastian. Yeah,
2: no, it looks really interesting, and coming from him, like you know, it's gonna be a solid game. Mm-hmm. He already has showed himself as a game developer and designer, at least. I mean, it definitely looks like something I want to pick up as soon as I can.
0: <laughs> yeah, lo- looking back at Braid, like Braid's an awesome game, but it the shadow or the the witness has cast a shadow over Braid. Like, oh yeah, it's like whoa, it's... how did how did he want up like Braid so, oh, so yeah. much? <laughs> and it, it's like
2: watching a child kind of grow compared to what Braid was like. That that was like the essence of indie was 2D platformer. Mm-hmm. Now he's kind of stepped almost into the AAA scene, which is yeah. really impressive. And it, it's really cool to see an indie developer step out like that mm-hmm. and show like, oh yeah, no, you you can be successful. This is successful.
0: <laughs> so speaking of children, <laughs> no, that's yeah. a terrible transition. <laughs> no, no, uh, the GMC was um, oh, being no. restarted. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a terrible joke. No. Uh, the GMC does have a lot of children running around it, but there's also a lot of great people. I, I, I've used the GMC for years, and there's tons of game developers that use GameMaker that use the GMC. That was, that was just a terrible joke uh, based off of the stereotypes that people put on GameMaker. Uh, anyway, the, uh, the GameMaker <laughs> community, the GMC, is being restarted. Uh, GMC, for those of you that don't know, is a forum... Um, They can be found at gmc.uogames.com And they are archiving the current forum And starting it from scratch So uh, the old forum will be a static uh, site Nobody will be able to post it or anything It'll just be static HTML pages Uh, And then the new forum will just be nice and fresh There will be a new new structure for the forums Um, And then... Yeah, it, it'll be empty for a while until everybody starts jumping in and getting back to it. Uh, so if you want to check that out, uh, just go to gmc.yoyogames.com. They haven't started the restart yet. I yeah, they I, were supposed
2: to about about two weeks ago, but you know it's it's yo-yo games. Yeah, they, I
0: just ma- like GMS 2.0. It's gonna happen
2: <laughs> eventually. Oh,
0: yeah. Um. See, I, I don't know what's going on there. The, maybe they are restarting it, and they're just keeping the other one live while they do it. I I don't know. Yeah, it, I, it sounded like it would be offline for two weeks while they while they made the new one. But
2: yeah, they claimed they claimed
0: it. But yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe we'll tell. just jump on one day and i will just maybe switch suddenly. Oh, yeah, shit. All my stuff is gone. Oh, and I just saw it on the show. Oops. Um, <laughs> all right, so I'll take the next news topic, and then Ian, you can. You can take the, the next few. Uh, Twitch removes game development category and adds it to creative. So Twitch yeah. has all these different uh, categories um, that you can broadcast as now if you're doing creative work, um, such as game development. Uh, I think there's painting. Uh, what, what else is there? there there's a few others. I think. Hmm?
2: I think sculpting.
0: Oh, yeah, sculpting. Yeah. Uh, Programming is one. Uh, but instead of having all these be their separate categories, they've consolidated them all to creative. And then what you do is if you want to be part of the game dev category, you put a hashtag in your title. And then it categorizes you on the creative page. So if you go to creative, there's all these hashtags at the top of different creative things. So then it filters. And there's some controversy with that. Because it's like I, you, you just want it to say what... what what you're doing without having to put any hashtags in yeah um, but from a Twitch side of things it kind of makes sense because um, like the whole creative thing is all these different creative art forms so you can find different things that you might not have known were on Twitch by going to the creative category as a whole uh, um, yeah,
2: to be fair the game yeah. development section because I, I used to stream there pretty frequently mm-hmm. it was really low on the list like if you were to browse it was like maybe Forty or fifty from the bottom but, like oh. three hundred from the top, so it, it might be really beneficial. They moved it there because I started just going to creative. Anyways, I was like, oh, I guess everyone's watching here.
0: <laughs> that's that's really interesting. I see. I didn't know that. That's that's good info. Um, he, yeah, Leth was actually uh,
2: the programmer behind um, Wonderlust. He, he's his game maker as well. He's uh, got the game development section put on Twitch like a few months ago. Cause he finally got a subscription and good following. Oh, okay. So even before that like we even there was not even a game development section though he did that.
0: Huh.
2: Yeah. So I mean it's it's still pretty cool so that you it was have any at all. So it's actually
0: help that they've rebranded it.
2: Yeah, it might be more beneficial to everyone that's trying to get recognized through Twitch.
0: Okay. Cuz I was speaking with uh Obner Coimbra um and he he does uh handmade dev stuff, which is a new initiative based off of Handmade Hero and all the projects that have that have uh, been spawned from that.
2: Um, yeah, yeah.
0: And uh, we we were chatting about it the other day, and it, we we were really confused, because um, he he got like an official email from, Twi- maybe I'm not supposed to say that, um, <laughs> maybe <that's a> <laughs> but it, basically they were like, hey, Abner, uh, heads up, this is happening, and he he messaged me about it as as it was happening. He's like, hey, brat, uh, go go check out the game dev uh, category on Twitch, and I was like, uh, okay, and then it redirected me to Creative, and I was like, what? What I know yeah
2: yeah. And they always put you on like some random it's not like even game development related the section it's mm-hmm. always like actually just like someone drawing <laughs> and you're like, oh I came here for game development okay
0: yeah so yeah yeah that's that. Ian you want to take take away uh, take it away on the rails i I couldn't quite figure out how to structure that properly but
1: actually I'd prefer to start with uh, we have global game jam is happening right now. Ooh, okay. Uh and that started yesterday. Um it ends three PM EST um tomorrow. And the theme is rituals. Um so hopefully we get some interesting games out of that. Um, dip, dip, dip,
0: dip, dip. Oh, yes. you don't you don't have show topics. What? Oops, oh, and that's that's the wrong link, oh my goodness
1: So organized
0: Yeah, so, so organized uh, Yeah, no, I, uh Global Game Jam's the reason why we're so organized I was I was up until like 3am last night working on it Then I went to sleep and I woke up and I was like Oh my god, I didn't prepare for the show Oh no uh, For,
2: for <laughs> those listening and uh, myself Could you go over what Global Game Jam is?
0: Uh, absolutely, global game jam is a game jam that hope happens on a global scale. Um, and now, now I'm done being a smart mouth. Uh, so, global game jam, uh, game jam, it happens all around the world. It starts at 5 p.m. in your local time. Um, you have to have at least one member at an actual jam site in order to participate. Uh, kind of some some jam sites are a bit more lax, um, but typically you have to go in person, um, and then they form you with a the team there. Um, and uh, they announce the theme at five PM your your time. So before before uh, you start talking about, it, you have to wait for Hawaii to get the theme because then the whole world has it, and then you can talk about it. Um, and you you create a game in forty eight hours. There's not too much more to say. Uh, there's they also have these modifiers or uh, restrictions. Um, and you have to select a couple. I believe it's two. Uh, And they have Mm -hmm. a list of, like, 20, so there's different things, like, uh, Lookma, One Hand, where you have to make the game playable, um, with just one hand, so, you know, you'd use arrow keys, or if you're making a mobile game, you can, you don't have to use both your hands to hold, hold your phone. Oh, okay, okay. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, there's all sorts of rules. There's one where you don't use any words, even in your instructions, to teach the game. Um, there's, there's a Gandhi one where you don't use any violence, so...
2: That's gotta be fun, man that pfft. wow that'd be the most that'd be the most difficult restriction I think I've ever heard of on a video
0: game <laughs> <laughs> well if if you're making a puzzle game oh usually... that's true
1: yeah <laughs> I'm actually working on an adventure game for it, so uh, I think as of yet <laughs> ours has no violence, so maybe we'll go for that but, who,
0: who are you working with Ian
1: uh just a few random people from uh, my campus oh you you actually have a site site there. Yeah, we actually have a group of about sixty or so people, well, probably more than that, uh, who all got together for global game Jam, So it's it's pretty cool. Sweet. Wow. I'm just
0: working with some people online, so that's that's really cool that you got to go to a uh, like in person event.
1: I'm
2: jealous.
0: Yes. So, uh, Sebastian, have you gone to any in person game jams? Uh, I've never done a game jam. Oh, never done one? Period. No,
2: I I've. The the project that I I've, I'm probably gonna discuss later. I, it's been a nonstop like twelve hour a day struggle for like a year and some time. So well, if you yeah. ever need
0: a break, do a game jam.
2: <laughs> yeah, I I really should. I'm always jealous. I always see people post their games and like I'm always like, oh, he's just so cool. And staying up all night's kind of something I do anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks really it looks really fun and probably a good way to meet some really talented people.
0: Yeah, it's it's refreshing too because you you get a break from what you're working on, and then you have something that you've completed. So there's like a there's like a motivation boost. Like, hey, I'm making progress. You know, it's like I can finish something. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: So, Ian, uh, how wh- what's the difference between like how was the dynamic felt with other people there at a jam site versus uh, the typical online jam that you've participated in?
1: Well, with the online jams, I was usually doing them by myself. So just being with the team is definitely different. But also have actual artists and <laughs> someone who's kind of the designated game designer who's actually, uh, we're all kind of going to him with uh, mm-hmm. well, suggestions we have running them through him. And uh, and also he has the main ideas of like, how should we do this? And they will be like, oh, uh, well, how about this? And so mm. it's uh, it's kind of interesting. It feels a lot more organized, actually, as far as collaborations on mm-hmm. games that I've done. It's probably the most organized one, so I think we'll actually hopefully be able to uh, finish everything in eight hours. But
0: Sweet. And are you guys just using, like, Dropbox or Google Drive to...
1: Uh, yeah, things? Google Drive. Yep. And GitHub. Yep. Oh, do, uh, is
0: there another programmer with you, or you should Yeah, and
1: I'm, I built the engine and everything, but I built it so that he can uh, just... We have a lot of rooms and other things, because it's an adventure game and items, so mm-hmm. I'm trying to... I, I made it so that he should be able to just kind of plug in json and uh be able to add whatever we need to it because we have a lot of art assets and Mm -hmm. things going on behind the scenes so it should be easy enough to uh to have multiple of us working on it
0: nice Yeah, we're we're not using uh, like HTML or anything. We're we're using uh, Unity over here. Yeah, I saw one of the
1: other uh, groups was using Unity at the jam. Um, I'm not sure what all engines people are using there, but I kind of pushed for HTML because it's it's kind of a point and click adventure game. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's I I think it can turn to be pretty interesting.
0: Yeah, and you're so familiar with HTML, so that that works. That's a lot more
1: static too. Yeah, I haven't. Yeah, it's, it's kind of perfect exercise. for HTML, honestly, because, like, <laughs> you're just showing images and you click on them. It's not, like, a lot... There's no animation or anything, there's
0: really. There's no 3D physics engine.
1: I'll yeah. add that in just for, you know, shits and giggles, but... <laughs> yeah,
0: you, you like, you, you press a button and the, the image fades out and there's just, like, this huge particle simulation in the background.
2: <laughs> like, this is why it's running at four frames. <laughs>
1: Brilliant.
0: Uh, all right, uh... So moving on, let's let's uh, let's get back on rails.
1: Oh my God! So yes, we have Train Jam. <laughs> Train Jam has uh, actually uh, has some sponsored tickets because uh, it's become. Well, I think it's been pretty obvious for a while that um, a large part of the gaming and game development communities uh, consist of non male and non gender binary individuals, and so um, to kind of help those uh, individuals get to Train Jam, Train Jam actually has uh, some sponsored tickets um that they're providing. And so um if if you're either just non male or uh non binary, uh non gender binary, then you can just request them and everything and it's not to say that you will get them, but they're trying to definitely make sure that they have a lot more uh representation for those groups mm-hmm. um at train jam.
2: What what is non gender binary? Like sorry if I sound uneducated, but
0: Oh I've no never
1: no heard no some people
0: don't uh identify as male or female. Um Oh, oh, so okay. they use uh, pronouns like they, them, uh, when they're. I've met
2: hundreds of those people on the internet. Mm-hmm. So yeah, okay, okay. Yep,
0: yeah. There's there's a couple different uh, terms, and they're they're all slightly different. Um, but yeah, the, that's that's the basic basic gist of it. Um, but the train jam uh, submission form did close uh, last night, actually, um, at midnight. So uh we mainly just wanted to kind of say that it happened. Um we had it up on our blog for anybody that uh read it, but they're going to be releasing information about who gets it in the next coming weeks. I think February 17th. I got I got to find the, the original post now. Um where where is it? Official Train Jam site. All right, they will be Oh, it doesn't say. Um yeah. I don't know. Uh but the uh the tickets were actually sponsored by Cards Against Humanity. Um, oh. Which Wow, of all the
2: of all the people. Yeah,
0: yeah, it, it was really interesting. <laughs> I, it was like, oh. Weird. Yeah, <laughs> after all the cards I've
2: played in Red. Huh. They really were joking. That's good to know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. And then Ian, you want to you want to take games or the, the other game jam?
1: All right, so, um, hold on, what? Uh, the, we already the did jam. that. You're not thinking clearly. Okay, um, or no, okay, my bad, you're right? GDC Jam. <laughs> okay, so, uh, we have, uh, Game Jolt's gonna be at the GDC Jam, um, and there will be a booth, obviously, uh, since they're there, and it will host games for indies by indies. Um, so just a lot of hot indie games, and if I'm not mistaken, Game Shield is still, as of yet, advertising this on their website. Yep. Um, and so, basically, if you think you'd love to have your games at GDC, you can try and, uh, see if GameJolt wants to help you get there, if, um, and, yeah. Yeah, so,
0: basically, if you made a game in 2015, or thus far this year, 2016, all the way up to the deadline of February 18th, um, at 10pm EST, uh, you can take your game with, uh... Uh, game Jolt Fest, or well, it's technically GGA Fest, um, and you can uh, submit it to this, and then everybody else that that enters um, gets to vote on each other's games, and the top ten games get uh, to go to GDC, um, and then one one member of the the game development team gets a expo pass to attend GDC. Uh, actually be able to stand at the booth if they want and show their game to people, which is super cool. Now, wow. let's say you don't... Oh, did you want to take the rest, Ian? Sorry. Nope, that's fine. Okay. Um, so, if if you didn't make a game in 2015, it just wasn't your year, you can still uh, join this. There will be five more games that win, and I, I'm pretty sure I have all these numbers right. Um, I, I had to read a couple different places, so if I got these wrong, I'm so sorry. Um well, there's five more games that will be um, going, and those will be made during the uh, Game Jolt GDC Jam, um, which will be happening, I think, February 4th? Yeah, so next weekend, uh, 72-hour Game Jam, there's going to be a theme announced. Five people that participate in this Game Jam will be getting Expo Passes and their game to be showcased at GDC. So Cool so yeah 15 15 people will be going with game jolt to gdc uh they they don't cover plane tickets or uh, transportation to get there but just the expo pass which is uh, a lot of my th- the expo pass is what a thousand dollars
2: or something i think showing your game at gdc is probably oh, got a cost of its own too so that's that pretty too, cool they yeah, paid for that, that.
0: cost a lot of bucks
2: i'll pay for itself if you uh, show up and actually <laughs> sell it afterwards
0: yeah for sure so um they, I I don't know about selling though because all these games have to be free. So oh, is that a requirement? Yeah, Gamesoul oh. wants to because that's that, that's kind of why they're doing it. It's to show freeware games at GDC oh, okay. because GDC is usually all you know uh, games that are being sold. It's kind of like I don't know an alternative booth, so to say. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So.
1: But I think it's also partly about uh, trying to kind of get the developers out there so it can be like, oh, you were at GDC, a bunch of people saw your game and everything, and then if you make another game in the future that is sold, at least you're kind of more recognized. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah.
2: Plus, you might meet some really cool people there. Oh,
0: absolutely. Yeah. And uh, Game Jolt, I I read something about them having an after party too. So, like, there you'll definitely meet people cuz the after parties at GDC that's that's where people congregate and then they're not at their booth so they can relax and talk. I mean all sorts mm. of cool people. I've never gone but I've I've heard many many stories get intoxicated and talk about if, your if you're indie you're developer on legal life. Age, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I w- I wonder how the expo pass works with people under the age of 18. I I wonder if there's it's probably 13 up. Probably. Mm-hmm. I, I
2: haven't ever seen any kids at GDC, like that young though. I mean, not presenting anything. Mm-hmm. That'd yeah, be that'd be it... really interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Well, when 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 we get there, we'll get there, I guess. So, <laughs> that that was our news. I'm gonna just make sure that nobody's been chatting in the IRC. No, nope, nobody's been asking us questions or going crazy. Brett, Brett, news topic. Uh, so we're going to get into our interview, uh, with Sebastian now, so, where, where do you want to start? There's, there's so much, you, we can uh, jump back to the beginning, how you got into Game Dev, or where, where do you want to, what do you want to talk about first? Um, that's, my you know, dump it on me. <laughs>
2: I, I mean, I, I say start from the beginning. Okay. I, do you have a particular question you want to be open with? or? Do you...
0: Sure, yeah. No, uh, how, how did you get into making games?
2: Oh, okay. See, I guess I have to trace back anyways to answer that, so that works. <laughs> uh, early, you know, everyone else grew up playing games, of course. No one doesn't play games and suddenly decides <laughs> to make them. Um, I grew up playing, I remember, uh, Doom when it first came out. Just, like, watching that was amazing. I mean, it was terrifying back then, but <laughs> thinking back, I was like, wow, it's so cool. I remember playing good old Sanic, uh, some other Sega games, long, not enough to, no, it was, wasn't old enough to remember all that, but uh, around the age of like 11 or 12, I remember uh, my uncle gave me Game Maker 6 on a CD, because I was in that weird age, like, where you're trying to, like, pursue creativity,
1: mm-hmm. but
2: you don't know what you want to do yet, so I remember I, like had picked up guitar, and I was terrible. And uh, yeah, he gave me that. And I remember just using uh, the software then, just using the good old drag and drop functions, and it was so cool to me. I'm like, oh wow, you can make circles, you can click on, and <laughs> man, all my friends will want to play this. And yeah, so I guess that's that's really where I or I started, per se.
0: Hmm. And how old did you say you were?
2: Uh, Eleven or twelve? A little late in life.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. A yeah. little late. Yeah.
2: Ian, I was, I was, Ian over here has got you beat. Up, so. Oh, sorry, sorry, I, I didn't, what about Ian?
0: Oh, no, I, I said Ian, Ian over here has got you beat, but, <laughs> oh yeah, but yeah, no, I, I started when I was 12
1: too, so,
0: uh, a lot of people, because of Game Maker were able to get started young. I, Ian, you're, you're nine, right?
1: Yeah, and it was Game Maker though, so. Mm-hmm.
2: Was it, what version was it at that time? GameMaker 7.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I started right when GameMaker 7 started, or came out as well. Or, well, no, because if you were nine, then I would have been ten. Maybe it was a couple of years in that Game Maker Seven. Six
2: and seven was a know. blurry, blurry time,
1: <laughs> and Game Maker Eight was like such a step up. But oh my god, now we have Game Maker Studio, and I don't know. I, it is very nice to see that uh, it, it's letting a lot more people just get into making games very easily. Except mm-hmm. now the cost is kind of prohibitive, so. But there's yeah. unity and other things which are obviously more difficult, and then there's construct or things like that, though that kind of are back towards the whole. You can do drag and drop and stuff, and just start getting down kind of the fundamentals.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, um, like Team Fusion, yeah, yeah, All those. yeah. That's yeah, real.
0: but on the other end, like uh, Game Maker, A does go on sale quite often, um, and B because it's on Steam, you know, yeah. you you could just ask your you know grandma at Christmas, like, hey, can can you get me uh, a Steam gift card? Like, for um, one or
1: two hundred dollars how much does it cost normally
0: uh well i think
2: I you can think get professionals the... 150
1: oh professionals okay. 150 now
2: but i would like to add because a lot of people seem to like no one heard about it mm-hmm. game makers actually free now
1: mm-hmm. they're oh, right. i think
2: they went free before unity and unreal but but you can't release games for sale under it and you'll have yeah. to use their splash actually, screen. yeah i
1: forgot they've yeah they've done Don't that for they a have long some time limitations i think even with game maker too? seven it was still you could export for free it's just you get the splash screen and stuff mm-hmm. and I think, but yep. you do get all the features now for uh, Windows exporting or something for free now in Studio, yeah. right? So
2: yeah, and prior they used to do the function restrictions, like there were certain things you couldn't call, which was
1: oh, sad. so it, yeah. it's actually yeah, like the full thing. I forgot that now you yeah. can at least do okay. all the normal functions. Yeah, it's completely ones, open.
2: So, There's yeah. no resource limitations, which they had. That was the thing on Studios. is what like, I you Only about. have ten sprites.
1: Oh yeah, that was. Uh, I remember trying to use that version in a uh, in a programming class, and it was it was quite disheartening. But
0: <laughs> uh, I guess I'll just continue calling draw functions. <laughs> I know. I'll just write it all in one. Script I'll draw
1: there, each pixel exactly all in one. Function. All one object.
0: Well. I, I guess another thing that you could do is if you're only allowed so many sprites you could just throw all your sprites inside one sprite so to say. You could,
1: then, you could make a texture page. Yeah. I, that say. And then just render the right part of it. Like, that, that's so easy
0: for people jumping into GameMaker first time. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's... the people that are trying to save
1: that money and everything. That's, yeah. <sighs> uh, so yeah, uh, like what
0: what what did you want to do right when you got into making games? What what was your big ambitious project?
2: Um originally I remember I wanted to make like a first person shooter cuz I was playing uh, Battlefield 2 at the time and that okay. was like that was my jam. Um which was it was cool back then so don't laugh at me now. <laughs> but um so I really wanted to make like a first person shooter and I remember uh, on this Game Maker 6 CD. It came with a there's like a Doom tutorial they made. Okay. It was it was pretty interesting but uh yeah, that that was my big ambitious project originally, and that's why I kept making like games you like click the circles they so like fell down the screen because I at that time I couldn't comprehend three D or projection or mm-hmm. any math at all. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was that was my original big idea, and that turned into uh, that turned into nothing, mm-hmm. and then eventually just like a zombie survival game like everyone else makes, of course. I think we all go through that phase. Maybe just me. I don't know.
0: A lot, a lot of people. There's there's a few thousand of those games on Game Joel.
2: Oh, yeah. And not, not to count the ones on the Game Maker forums. which oh, appear yes. At least once a week.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, Doom. Yeah, I think I've seen that Doom tutorial. Um, they used to have... Well, they, it's still technically up on the sandbox. Um... They have other old tutorials there. I think the Doom one was removed though, it possibly for compatibility reasons. But I think so. Yeah I, yeah, I have them all saved on a hard drive somewhere. So <laughs> I'm yeah, I'm good. Hey, I usually the send last... them to people who want to learn how to use Game Maker.
1: Because
0: oh yeah, I think they're they're uh, like even though they're dated, they're still really good.
2: Oh, and they're they're really well constructed. I think those were the last uh, projects that uh, Mark over Mars did. Get mm. uh, uh, create game maker so
0: yeah the new tutorials aren't like let's make a game from start to finish and then amp up the difficulty with each game it's more so like here's how to use the sprite editor here's how to use the object editor here's- some of them are
2: hit and miss too like the multi the networking tutorial which I'm learning as of recently because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm currently doing multiplayer their networking tutorial sucks like I feel bad saying that publicly but no it's terrible like if you're gonna learn networking for a game maker just don't even don't even open that <laughs> tutorial just smash <laughs> around the keyboard
0: it's like three pages long and then you gotta look through the entire code base to even figure uh, it out.
2: Yeah they do then they did like so many weird things like they don't show you like simple stuff just like movement smoothing and like a lot of the really like necessary things you mm-hmm. would need to know. Yeah. And I think this doesn't even work for like the current version.
0: So hmm. yeah. Bummer. Yeah.
1: So huh. How so did you get into uh modding? Oh, yeah.
2: Oh, wait, for this current project or are we talking about prior? Cause I uh, got prior modding.
1: to that, like initially um, when you were modding for games like Half-Life and things like that, um, oh. how did you get into that?
2: That's that's a good, I've never gone to that publicly so this will be a good one. Um, I think it was Half-Life 1. I don't remember where I got it. I don't want to say I, I internet borrowed it. I, I might have got it on a CD, I don't recall. But uh, the old Half-Life came with uh, the Hammer editor, the world editor for it
0: mm-hmm.
2: on the CD and I thought like, I didn't know what it was, I thought it was like an extended DLC or something so I opened it, <laughs> I don't remember how old I was either but yeah, I opened it and I was like, oh cool, it's a world editor and then like I slowly like learned from playing with the preferences how to like connect the batch files you needed and I mean, that took me like three months to learn how to compile a map but <laughs> yeah, I, uh, one important fact in all this is I didn't have internet growing up at all, like zero. Mm. Oh, wow yeah so that that's why I sound like I've had a like a mental slowdown for a while um but yeah, so and otherwise I would have just google <laughs> these things um yeah, no, so I played the map there on that for a long time, and then I remember like downloading, i i bought actually I bought the first far cry game and that had a world editor and like a lot of modding stuff you could do with it, um which brought me closer to my first person shooter dream <laughs> um. Yeah, that's how I got into that. That only lasted though until I was like, sixteen or seventeen, and then I was like, "Oh, I suck at this. I should stop trying to mod really <laughs> complex games."
0: But I'm sure you still learned quite a bit, though, right?
2: Oh yeah, well, I learned. I learned a lot about like the process. The most important one was like how to finish something, because I think that's probably the hardest lesson to learn. Yeah. For someone.
1: And well was that also like your first uh time actually doing a lot of stuff with 3D then too? Or um had you had prior experience or
2: um I mean I played with Blender on and off in that time frame. I don't remember like which one I did first, but yeah, that was my first like actual like creating three D anything. I never learned the math behind it or like how to change like cameras and all that. I never like touched the coding. It was more just content creation.
1: Still it's probably very helpful. <laughs> Um, oh, yeah. So. I learned how to
2: not make, like, 11-year-old child spurts of, <laughs> of a game after, like, you know, my good old... Like, yeah, I think I think everyone goes through, like, a good 50, 60 projects, which...
0: Yeah, I probably have about that. Probably more, but yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> given that some of them are, like, I spent an hour on them, and then I was like, this is dumb.
2: <laughs> oh, man, I wish I went an hour and then realized how dumb my idea was. <laughs> yeah. no, well, maybe, maybe
1: not such a trap and <laughs> all of them end up like that. Working yeah, like, for an hour one. you have this brilliant idea but you're like, nah, I don't, I can't, I don't feel like finishing that. That's dumb. Yeah, it's
0: like, oh, this, this idea isn't that great in execution or like, I, I can't make this. The game my... maker's doing something weird and I can't fix the bugs so screw it. I
2: know. <laughs> Didn't know there was a brush tool. Too late now. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Uh, man, now now I'm like getting all nostalgic to all my old Game Maker projects. I I used to uh, burn them to a CD. It, oh really? I, I didn't I didn't know what flash drives were yet, so <laughs> I just put a CD in and that's that's actually what I had my Game Maker installed on. <laughs> oh wow, that's <laughs> so awesome. I plug in a CD into a computer and run Game maker from it and then save my files. Uh, I used to
2: try, I burned my few of my Game Maker games onto CDs and I tried to sell them at my uh, junior high. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, oh, and I was attending Boys and Girls Club. I think I sold actually, I think I sold two, two copies. It was $5 a copy. And it's this like dumb like space game. Like you were just this, literally a white circle that like moved around and had like a little bit of friction and you just shot where your mouse was.
0: Yo, man, you're, you're making more money per copy than iOS developers are. Yeah. So... <laughs> Young, young so for junior high, high you're, you're doing pretty hot <laughs> oh i yeah, know ten dollars
2: it's like oh yeah i can go buy a couple snickers and like some water <laughs> or you wow. could put it
0: towards your GameMaker pro license
2: <laughs> oh yeah that's smart <laughs> i wonder how was i getting by a six so i didn't have a cracked one or anything like shoddy like that like i was using legitimate game maker
0: huh. yeah, may- maybe you said your uncle gave it to you yeah he might maybe he bought me it yeah, maybe maybe he had his license and you two shared the same license, because I think you could have it on two different computers. It's po- He's kind of an IT guy. He's never made games, but it's, it's pretty
2: possibly like just bought it for the heck of it and was like, eh, I don't like it, here you go. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, back when they used to have Softwrap or maybe that was just GM7 or 8. I, I
2: don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I got 8 at some point. I couldn't see the difference, but then I also didn't know what release wor- uh, release notes were at the time, so...
0: Oh, yeah. The the room editor was, like, the big big change. You could well, and then
1: 8.1 changed the uh, graphics editor quite oh, a bit. Oh, yeah, that too. Actually, yeah. no, just from the beginning. Game Maker 8, the major difference I remember. Game Maker 7, yeah. everything was... All the animation was done through GIFs. Yeah. So you couldn't have actual transparency. It was either this is entirely transparent or entirely opaque. Oh, or you could take like, the entire sprite and render it, I think, with some transparency, maybe. But yeah, whatever the lower
0: it. lower left corner or lower right corner was, that was yeah. transparent.
1: And corner. and then that's where GameMaker 8, they started using uh, strips of PNGs. So you could actually have like true transparency throughout your images um, hmm. for the animation. And then furthermore, 8.1 tried to do even more with the uh, graphics editor... Or sprite editor, I guess is mm-hmm. what it's called. But yeah, yeah,
0: I remember that because they they had, they used to have all this hype around uh, pre releases of Game Maker, and they they had a sprite editor for a while, and I was able to get into that, and I thought it was the coolest thing ever because I was like what fourteen, fifteen at the time, and I was like oh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I I got I got an email from from a YoYo Games member with with a link to you know uh, the sprite editor, and I was like. It's a so hundred cool. times
2: better than paint.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, it is. <laughs> Has but, an airbrush tool. Yeah, and then and then you'd like be playing with it, and then it would crash, and you'd be like, Oh, oh I get to submit a bug report! Ooh, you know, <laughs> like all excited.
1: Was that the high point for you, Brett?
0: <laughs> yes, yes, that was that was the peak of my life. Bug oh, that reports, where it man. GMA, uh, sprite Editor pre-release. <laughs> Finds out, finds out about Photoshop. Life is ruined.
1: <laughs> no, my childhood. Everything is a lie. What can I trust anymore?
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that was eighth grade or freshman year. I don't know. It's a good time though. Oh yeah. So yeah, how is like as Game Maker's progressed? Because you've been there for quite a few versions, like Game Maker Six.
2: I've sucked to see the, the teats of Yo Yo games since six. Yeah. I hate to. That sounds like a really bad way of putting it, but yeah.
0: Wait. What, what did you say? <laughs>
2: oh, it's okay. We'll move on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, like, what. How has is, how is Game Maker ev- evolution, like, changed? How, how has that influenced your games, basically? Like, has there been any any effect that the evolution has had on you? Um, okay, so. Let me preface this. My uh, my stepdad, who
2: was the one I was, was the father of, all growing up, okay. um, is like super techy. Like, just I don't know. I don't know how to say he's like a master's in computers uh, science now. So, like, I mean, that kind of summarizes it. Anyways, he used to always sit there and just kind of like pester me when I showed him my game. He's like, "Oh, I don't know why you're making this in Game Maker. It's really slow because <laughs> interpreted language is really slow." He's right. It's a virtual machine. You
0: yeah,
2: might as well be writing in Java, but like even like less control over memory. <laughs> um, and so, like, I remember just, that bothered me so much, and then uh, I remember the first version of Studio came out, like, one, or, no, I got hold of Studio at 1.2, and it was, like, this buggy piece of crap. It, nothing worked, and you would like, constantly have to clear the cache, there's a ton of weird bugs. Oh, yeah. Um, I remember having to, like, wrap every string with the string function, and even then, sometimes, it wouldn't work. Um, and there weren't even that many new features in Studio, uh, Studio either. They still had all the built-in functions. Uh, but it was definitely an improvement. Like, you're like, oh, wow, wait, they're going multi-platform? Oh, this this is the dream. And then Windows, or game maker for Mac died around that time, I think, which mm-hmm. was a relief for me as a Windows user to know that they were focusing on my <laughs> OS. <laughs> um, I don't remember what happened in 1.3. I think I just completely stepped over it because I was afraid. I think I went back to 8 at that point. Uh, 1.4 is really solid, though. Um, I think that's when they introduced buffers the initial part of 1.4 at least buffers and they had the the shockwave files I think for sprites that was pretty cool asynchronous functionality and then uh, the yo-yo compiler yep that is what turned my world upside down I bought that I spent $250 on it when it came out um, and it sucked by the way it, it didn't run a hundred <laughs> times faster that was straight lying and it also is really buggy it's way worse than it is now um, if you got an empty project compile, like you're one in a hundred. <laughs> um, but uh, it influenced my work, um, and just I wasn't afraid of using Game Maker anymore. I didn't feel like the weird old hermit that couldn't let go. Okay. I, I started to see that Game Maker was stepping back into like the market as a potential tool for creation. Hmm. Um. Yeah. So I mean, I guess that's it. Reinspired me to to stay with it.
0: Yeah, that's, that's definitely what their marketing uh, plan, I guess, is. Where, where they've been going with it. Um, because, like, with the introduction of um, all the different exports, you know. You, you can export to PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Wii U, uh, Vita, iOS, Android, Ouya, uh, Tizen, you name it. <laughs> um, yeah. Samsung it TV, do. probably. <laughs> I know Unity does that one. Um, oh, yeah. I, I've used I think that that's what OUYA before. runs on,
2: actually. I, or, am I wrong? I'm uh, probably
0: wrong. OUYA runs off of Android. But I or think I mean... Samsung TV also runs off of some form of Android.
2: Oh, that's
0: interesting. But don't quote me on that. It might be running off of some form of Tizen. I, I know Samsung TV is built on top of something. But I don't know yeah. about <laughs> Um. But, yeah, no, they, with the, the bringing down of the sandbox in yoyo games and them shifting their website from being able to upload games to being just about uh promoting game maker like they definitely have a much more professional uh, presence now than than they used to it used yeah, to be all yeah. about the community and now they're all about the product so
2: yeah say. and they're focusing a lot more on bug fixing too i noticed speaking of which there is a new beta today and i recommend if you're using game maker right now you switch to it because i just switched to it and man like beautiful things like game maker actually closes when you close it now
1: (laughs) that's generally good yeah
2: i can step away from the the early access build i've been relying on for like four months which by the (laughs) way is not fun to do like when you have a game on steam like that's the most terrifying thing in the world because you know it's going to crash out all the time and you don't know what the issue actually is and
0: oh no yeah, uh, no. I usually have to restart GameMaker every once in a while while I'm using it, just to clear the clear the cache because it's like, oh hey, oh. I ran out of hard drive space. Nice.
2: Oh, I, I know it's so on my solid state, and like in four builds, I like already bring my hard drive down to like four gigs, and I'm like, oh okay, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, four <laughs>
0: gigs is like what I start with when I open it. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, I, I need to upgrade my uh, solid state to uh, two fifty six. I I'm running on a one twenty eight, and then oh same like yeah. sixty gigs of that is Microsoft and Visual Studio stuff. So
1: <laughs> Yeah, no, I hear you. Yeah, 40 gigs of mine right now, I think, is just Visual Studio. And then there's right. another like 50 or 60 that's that's the operating system. It's not Lordy. good. Yeah,
0: yeah what, what's what's with that? Like, shouldn't
1: Microsoft there' There's a Microsoft lot of add-ons for Visual Studio, oh, and yeah, I got, you got carried all the away. Too.
0: <laughs> I, I still have like, the old install that is just floating around somewhere on my hard drive. I don't know where, but it's like... Part of it's still there. Oh, yeah, because you can't actually
2: get rid of it easily.
0: <laughs> yeah, something like that.
2: I think mean, like, it needs like, special permissions.
0: I, yeah. I have no idea. I can't even find it on my hard drive. And I, I, I reinstalled have, like, it, so I just assumed it would have been installed over, but it didn't. There's still oh, something no. floating out there.
2: So Microsoft doesn't believe in stuff working, right? <laughs>
0: no. <laughs> and <laughs> and I, I, uh-uh. so, uh-huh. We, we or... should be lucky that we even like got the Skype call working, really. Oh, yeah. Speaking of Skype... <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> They're improving our Skype experience. Yeah, that's, improving uh... <laughs> with
0: ads and crashes. No, wait, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've I've had a lot of problems with group chats in just the past few days. Um, I, I don't even know. Like you, there was. A, or yeah, I, I was talking with Magnus and we were we were in a call and he hung up and my Skype just stayed in the call. So I I was oh, the yeah. only one there and I couldn't like end it. I had to, like, crash uh, Skype in order to... I get that, like, every other
2: call. Yeah.
0: Really? (laughs) Oh, man.
2: I'm going to plug here Discord.
1: Oh, yeah, Discord.
2: It's beautiful, and it sounds amazing, and it doesn't run through peer-to-peer, so your IP is not exposed every time you make a call. Not a big deal if you don't have people that, like, may potentially want to destroy (laughs) your internet, but (laughs) it's nice to to have that third party there, and it's free.
0: Discord is uh, similar to Slack. If anybody's used that, it from what I what from what I've seen, it's like a reskin Slack with with voice chat like implemented. I gotta get
2: like, Slack. Is that huh? But I haven't gone Slack yet, but that's what I heard about mm-hmm. Slack. So it sounds from cross reference proper. Yes.
0: Yeah. Um. I'm still using Slack. I kind of want to get discourse but yeah i've i've been hearing some great stuff about it and like people have even been recommending it for when we do these interviews like oh hey you should try using discourse Uh, that's that's what zach uh our last guest uh recommended for future so i've been thinking about it in a row (laughs) i I don't know maybe (laughs) yeah 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 i don't know it's just skype's familiar but if Discord was more familiar, then I could... Or, not, not familiar, Uh, more reliable, I could probably justify it.
2: Oh, yeah. If Skype wasn't relying on, like, our own internet, it would be different. Because, <laughs> yeah, you don't know that you're using Discord and the server goes down. You're just like, okay, guess this is done.
0: Oh, yeah. Like yeah. To. So, Steam Early Access. Oh, this is a fun topic. I like this one. Has it Has it been a good journey?
2: Uh, it's been... Uh, I don't know about swears <laughs> here. I'll just say H-E double hockey stick. Um, it's been rough. It's been good, but rough. Um, there's an interesting community behind Early Access, like the people that buy into those games.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, it's about 85% really positive, this has potential kind of people, and then 15% of the most toxic people you will ever see in your life. And uh, as a developer, it's, it's really hard to like disconnect from those people Properly mm-hmm. But uh that, that Kind of just summarizes it I mean to the best of my ability <laughs> My experience with early access
0: mm-hmm. So how, how much Interaction well I don't know how much you can talk About this either how, how much interaction do you have Like with steam and Like how how is Your experience working with them Um in your limited amount Of connection and using their Their tools Ben.
2: Uh it's been really good. Um most of it's pretty open disclosure. I mean, laws is like no numbers. Usually they're pretty cool about it. Okay. Um they're very disconnected though from uh from the developers, which is an interesting move. They they're more of a corporate like if like GameJolt paid you to put games up, it'd be like that. Like you communicate <laughs> through one or two emails a year. Um like I just got an email with my tax form. That was it. That was the first <laughs> time I've gotten an email from them in like 6 months. They sent me one email to tell me that my uh, my game didn't run on Ubuntu, even though I said it did, because it didn't run on the Steam OS 64-bit. <clears throat> game mm. maker, fix that. <clears throat> um, <laughs> yeah, and I think that's the only two emails that I've gone from them. Other than that, they like just kind of pay you your share, and that's, yeah, that's that's valve for you.
0: Yeah, it's probably, like, to some people, that's probably really nice, though. Like, you don't have to contact them a lot.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, and plus... They push out like you think like thirty games probably, course of like couple days. So oh, there's yeah. no way they could keep talking to all the developers about every project and.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they'd have to hire a lot of staff, and I think they're more interested in doing the VR and the Steam Machine stuff right now than. Oh yeah. Good asking, old Gaben asking everybody about oh hey you, you need anything, some cookies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, JavaScript yeah. cookies, of course. Oh yes, yes. So, yeah, like, you, you. so you're saying that there's kind of a community of people that partake in early... I, I guess that kind of makes sense. I usually only do early access if it's, like, from a known developer that, that I really like and I want to try out their new game in early access, but mm-hmm. I, I never quite thought about the... It's, it's really obvious now that you say it, that there's, like, a, a group of people that actively partakes in early access games
2: yeah yeah um of, i guess highlight that idea uh i remember i saw like four or five people interview my game or not interview uh <laughs> review my game sorry mixing words here uh almost like probably in the first month like immediately and i was like wow i that's weird i didn't market this at all why is this <laughs> actually selling and why are these people leaving reviews and then i remember going through the other early access games and they had bought like every other early access game that come out in, like the past like month and they <laughs> all had youtube videos and so there's, like, a select group of people that do YouTube videos on Early Access or have a blog where they write reviews for these games. Um, and I, I, that, I think, even the people that don't do that, like, there's a lot of people that just want to sit there and, like, catch the ne- next big wave of, like, interesting games. Absolutely. Um, and uh, to kind of reflect on that even more, um, I remember, a friend I was talking to, but Nuclear Throne, when they stepped out of uh, Early Access, they uh, posted on Twitter uh, their Steam sales, like, quadrupled. Immediately,
1: mm-hmm. which
2: kind of shows the majority of Steam users are not using early access. Um, they're avoiding it probably because mm-hmm. of a number of games uh, stomping lands being one of them <laughs> that kind of showed people you may or may not want to invest your money into early access.
0: yeah, i I don't know if that ideology is correct though, like because by participating in early access, you are saying, hey, um, I'm going to support this developer so they can go forward and complete this game. And even if they don't complete it, usually if they don't complete it, there's still some sort of game there. So you're still getting something. You're getting a glimpse of what could have been.
2: Yeah, and actually uh, Steam makes it very clear in the Early Access section it, for both developers and users. For developers, it says uh, if you can't support yourself financially, this is not for that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it's expected when you go into Early Access, you're not going to beg for funding. Like Even if you don't sell a single copy, you're supposed to be able to finish this game. Um, and then for the users, it says this is purely for helping the developers find bugs, improve gameplay, test content. It's not to play a, a functional game. Um,
0: Although some some developers do make it that way, like longer. yeah, <laughs> a
2: lot of AAA developers. Like uh, like if you played um, it's like a game with it's basically like Nintendo Dogs, but like with dinosaurs. Um, Ark Survival. if you played played that you'd be like oh wow this is early access yes few bugs and some crashes yeah perfect this is how they all should be and it's like no 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 single programmer is going to make a game on this scale and not have like hundreds of thousands of bugs yeah Yeah.
0: Uh, what uh, there was a game out on early access recently I was going to bring up a story but I can't think of what game it is and because I can't think of what game it is, I can't think of the actual story. So Was it recent? I want to say yes, but maybe my mind is mixing two different things together, which is why I can't get You're to like it.
2: You're like, Daisy, so I think, came out yesterday?
0: Yeah, you didn't it? No. Didn't everybody still playing it? <laughs>
2: no, Daisy's been out for like two years. They're, them uh, oh, and Rust are early access Uh, statues of never finishing a game. <laughs> But respect to Rust. They, they actually are working really hard on that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the other thing. Is like, There's there's like an etiquette to it that you need to be far enough in development that you've got something to show and that you'll be able to get in and out of early access in reasonable time for your scope. You yeah, too. yeah. And I think that's probably part of the reason too is that a lot of people jump into early access way too early. I did that, yeah. My game looked like... Game Maker puke. Yeah, I, I saw some early screenshots. It looked bad. Improved it's improved okay. a lot.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, it's been completely, like, reworked, like, three times now mm-hmm. It's then. It's
0: almost got, like, a non-monochrome, uh, what's what's the game, Don't Starve kind of feel?
2: Yeah, that's, oh, man, that, that word, like, rings hated me now. So, like, so many people, I, I love Don't Starve. I mm-hmm. don't like the gameplay because it's not my kind of game, but, like, I totally respect it for what it is, and they did a great job. But um yeah when we switched the art style recently like so many comments in the post just oh good i bought it a top down game i like the art style but now it turned into don't starve whatever <laughs> i was like wow and i'm like i revamped the whole game add modding and multiplayer and you complain i i'm sorry <laughs> always I, I guess i'm wrong
0: you ruined <laughs> my favorite thing <laughs> you
2: added multiplayer oh man i liked being alone even though you promised multiplayer on Greenlight, dang it
0: you can still play single player right
2: yeah i'm keeping i and unlike most games i actually make single player a whole separate thing like it's not just a server running in the background it's actually like completely separate so if you have like a terrible computer and can't run multiplayer it's okay you can definitely run the single player
0: that's good that's good because yeah, yeah not- more games need to do that
2: it's just like wrapping everything in an if statement. I mean, it's a pain. I won't <laughs> he, lie. You
0: just throw an if statement on it. That's how easy it is, developers. Just if online just mode? throw okay. a freaking if statement in. You yeah, got, come on, guys. You got single player. They're working so far. <laughs> mm. um, so we we were talking about YouTubers, and I always like thinking about all the the, the things with streaming and let's players and all that because Mm -hmm. it used to kind of just be more of a thing like let's say eight years ago uh an untitled story i used to watch let's plays for that when i was stuck so it was more of like reference material and now it's like people just watch let's plays and all that stuff to find out about new games and just this background noise like you were saying earlier Oh yeah, That's yeah. So interesting how how we've culturally evolved um, in entertainment, um, and there's a lot of people like a lot a lot of people out there that that participate. In this if they if they tell their parents about it, they're like, "You you watch other people play video games? How, what? <laughs> like um, the how- <laughs> parents' dream? <laughs> <laughs> like what? That, how is that interesting? How do you enjoy doing that? Um, I I hear it daily." Um, uh, yeah, it's an interesting <laughs> entertainment
2: source too because I feel like a lot. I mean, like, I personally I can watch like one Let's Play. Uh, I love Markiplier, uh-huh. but I can watch like one of his videos and then I'm like, that's it. That's all I can do. It's four minutes of like. I mean, he's hilarious. And like, a lot of the people like. Uh, I don't know if you know who Dunkey is, but there's a lot of people oh, like yep. <laughs> him where, you know, they pre script it and it's hilarious. Like, I love his videos. I watch every Dunkey video. So, like.
0: Oh, jeez.
2: Yeah, I, I, I've rewatched a few, which makes me feel bad as a person but it's okay his videos are great like his so papa some... john's video his what
0: his papa john's video
1: oh yeah
2: it's a great one yeah yeah you should see his uh his, his undertale videos as long did like 22 minutes of undertale oh my goodness yeah he really liked undertale which is weird because <laughs> he always has like two minute long videos um but yeah no like it takes a certain kind of uh i think person to like really sit there and, like, go through a ton of Let's Plays. And it seems like there's, like, the majority of people seem really interested in watching and sticking to a YouTuber, um, which is, like, really kind of, like, uh I guess say raises hope in in my, my hopes of humanity, like, to see people are actually supporting other humans. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, I just never thought that would actually work.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like how... Like a decade or two ago, you would subscribe to magazines to hear about the latest things, or even newspapers. Technically, yeah. Uh, but now exactly. it's it's video entertainment. Uh, it's like the next evolution of that. I don't think that it's it's clear enough that it it's kind of the same thing. It's just now it's video,
2: a little, a little saturated, but not so controlled, which is good too. Mm-hmm. So you get lots of uh very unique personalities, which is a good change.
0: So. The where, where I'm going is something along the lines of like how how twitch um, specifically has influenced a lot of things because Vlambeer they they would stream twitch mm-hmm. how often was it I, I think it was every Tuesday and Thursday or maybe it was Monday Wednesday Friday I don't remember they would stream two or three times a week on a regular basis for hours. Um, and they would have different members of the team come on So sometimes they'd have Yukio uh, And he would, he would do music stuff um, Sometimes they'd have Paul on And he would you know, be working on art Or JW, he'd be programming new features into Nuclear Throne And then every once in a while they, they'd play a few rounds of the game And their push for it I think probably influenced a lot of people To start doing uh, game development on Twitch Oh like, yeah, definitely. Oh whoa, Vlambier's doing this and they're getting tons of viewers. I didn't I never thought of that. Like streaming game development. I remember <laughs> hearing about
2: that? that like from the outer rim of Twitch. Like just friends would messaged me and they're like, Have you heard of Nuclear Throne? They're streaming on Twitch right now and I was like, I, I don't watch Twitch where you talking? what is Twitch?
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then and then you became a streamer yourself.
2: Yeah, well that that was that was a. You want know, the story on that? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um I was I was working a crappy job as a busboy when I was in Hawaii, mm-hmm. uh, you know, living with the cockroaches climbing over us in our sleep kind of life, <laughs> sleeping on the ground on a tiny futon, and um, I remember like I, I didn't know what Twitch was. I think like I saw it on Twitter. So I don't know why it's probably a Facebook spam link kind of thing,
1: mm-hmm.
2: but I found Twitch somehow, and I was like, oh, people play games. This is cool, and like I didn't watch a single Twitch stream. I just remember setting up OBS because it's on their suggested list of software. Um, I opened up Rust, which I had bought like three days prior. (laughs) Uh, This is before I think even reached Steam. And I just started streaming Rust. It was like 11 p.m. Like I just got off of work. And I remember that first night I I picked up like 500 followers. And I was like, wow, that's a lot of people. 500? That's crazy. Yeah. Rust? Holy crap. It's three or five hundred three to 500. I don't remember how many. And then I streamed the next night because I told them I'd be back. And I got, like, another 400 people. And I was like, "What? what is this? Why am I doing so well? This is insane. And then it started sloping down from there. But I picked up some really dedicated, like, donators. And I remember they are like, there's donation wars. And they are like, no, I here's 100. No, I'll do 250. And I was just like, I'm so done. This is a life. I'm quitting oh my, my job. God. And I did. I actually quit my job. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, like, so that's how I started. And uh, I only saw it for, like, the game side of it. I, I didn't know there was a game development side of it until a little later. Um, I had started hearing about, like I said, like, Nuclear Throne. Um, (laughs) That's how I got into it. I didn't really start streaming any game development. I was trying to use that to fund my game development, but uh, found out that a lot of people did not support that idea. They'd rather see me play games than make games.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you can still do both.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, I just stream game development now, and my viewer base went from, like, a consistent, like, 50 to 100 to, like, instead now it's, like, 2 to 5 sometimes huh. 15 on a peak <laughs>
0: huh that's that's interesting so like do you I like want to ask you if you know what about the game development like did it because like I think I'm really Lombier, they, they always had like 500 people um it depends on who you, like your personality too like I'm not
2: entertaining I don't think I'm, thinking I'm probably one of the most like stale people out there um which is okay like when i'm streaming games because people don't always want like an eccentric hyper energetic person on the camera um but i think with game development just like kind of it's like double stalemate and then just really boring (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. that's
2: that's what i think it is but i I don't know hard to see from inside so do you
0: did did you say you still stream on Twitch or you've stopped?
2: I still do. I still do. Yeah.
0: It's just not as frequent.
2: Uh or... no. Yeah, I used to do it every day, like four hours, but now I do like one day, maybe like maybe twice a week at most for like three or four hours.
0: Okay. Yeah, well, that's, it's that's more or still, less just to reach out
2: and show people that, like here's Game Maker. You can make games too. Hopefully, so inspire do, you, one person. do you play
0: the game on stream at all? Like very while you're little.
2: Yeah, I mean, well, right, right now it's more of like in the stages of like bare bones and hey, look, I can walk around and oh, crash. Okay, well, I'll fix that <laughs> for thirty minutes.
0: <laughs> okay, because that that's that's more along the lines of what what Flambier was doing, and I think that works really well because then not only do you, you know you see the development of it and you see new things being added, like um, before they're available on early access. I I think I think that's. I think that's where it, it got interesting because if you wanted to find out what was going to be added in early access that week you'd you watch had the to go streams. There. So you you'd watch it and you see little things and you get all hyped up and you chat with people in the chat and then you'd have to like wait a few days and then you'd also watch the people m- making it. That uh, sounds really cool actually, yeah. And getting destroyed by <laughs> by their own creation. Because that's that's exactly what would happen. Oh, I'm going to I'm going to play as mo- oh oh Oh, uh, I lasted three seconds. That maybe I shouldn't play as melting. <laughs> yeah,
2: that that sounds like the appeal. There, I I would even be interested in actually showing up to that, which is weird because I don't go to anything. But like, yeah, so it might have just been time timing, case kind of mm-hmm. situation for them, and really smart marketing.
0: Oh yeah, of, well, of their Ram game is like yeah, <laughs> like marketing or indie game marketing genius. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you ever uh, hear about what he did at... Was it PAX? Yeah, it must have been PAX.
2: No, no, it happened.
0: Okay, so um, a few other places have done this now, too. Uh, or teams have done this. Basically what would happen is you'd be at PAX, uh, and you'd walk by the nuclear throne booth, and you see this huge crowd, so you'd approach it, and you look in, and there's a sign that says, if the person playing um, loops... Uh, which means you know they they get through all the levels and they they begin at the first one again, um, but it's harder now. Uh, that's that's how nuclear throne works. Um, yeah, everybody standing there gets a key. Oh, everybody. that's so cool. So people are inclined to stay and watch the entire run, um, which which gathers a crowd and the crowd just continues to grow. And then if there's a huge crowd around a game, press is more likely to be like, "Whoa, what's What's gathering this huge crowd? I need to, I need to check this out, see if it's worth writing about. So like, yeah, there's like three different levels of, of it, and then like some of the people watching, if they win a key, and you know maybe they don't want the game, they can give it to a friend, and then they get the game, and they they enjoy it, and they're like, oh hey, I got this for free, I should recommend it to all my friends. Uh, so it, it's like it's just this, the snowball, effect, yeah. effects of everything, snowball, yeah. So, yeah. So, That's like, really moving smart. forward on Twitch, do you do you have any plans and like, any sort of marketing scheme like this where you either do giveaways or you try doing more of a Flambier stream where you play the game and get destroyed by it?
2: <laughs> um, I used to do a lot of giveaways, and I think that was a lot of, like, how you pull in. That's how you get new people to come in, is they see free stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, cause you gotta have something that pulls them in over someone else. I think Twitch might have banned giveaways. I forgot there was some nonsense about all that because people were like abusing it or something. I forget what it is. Or you can't put in your title anymore.
0: Oh, yep.
2: I, I could be wrong. Oh yeah, the
0: title would make sense because then people would just look for giveaways, yeah.
2: Yeah, we called them giveaway goblins. <laughs> um, but, uh... Moving forward with it, I, I don't think I'm pushing marketing as much as I used to. I use like Twitter occasionally, but um, I've grown like there's nines of almost like ten thousand people now that that own my game, and so I like kind of feel like oh word of mouth. Hopefully they'll spread it, and, and the game's still selling like pretty consistently, and not a lot, but it's still selling consistently, um, at least like one or two copies a day. So you know, I know it's still being spread, and I can't find out Steam when I search for it like by keywords, but. Somehow it's getting around. Um, Hmm. So, yeah, I think going with it just how it is, hopefully it'll pick up and sell itself with the people that already have it. Um, Ideally, when I push this new update into the stable branch, because it's not there yet, Mm -hmm. the uh, 8,000 people or so that haven't played it in the past six months because the stable hasn't updated, (laughs) um, they'll see an update and go, oh, wow, this looks nothing like it used to. Oh, it actually doesn't look like crap anymore. Good. And hopefully from there we'll uh
0: it's gonna be a lengthy release note six months
2: oh yeah no it's been it's been a long because it went to bait like i put a experimental branch in mm-hmm. um but yeah no it's because i added a modding system and that took like three months that was brutal um yeah yeah it's be a big release note
0: yeah i i don't know if you've actually mentioned the name of the game on this oh i
2: I probably should. That's a good yeah. idea. Uh, it's Project Explorer. Uh, that's not Explorer. Explorer.
0: <laughs> Project Explorer. Here, I'll put that in the in the chat too. Project Explorer. And I, hey. my hand just typed Explorer, but I caught it right before I hit send.
2: Um, Perfect. There you go. Yeah.
0: I'm also grabbing it on Steam, so there will be a Steam link in the chat, um, which we can also put on the show topics page. So, I'll just tape that up quick. Yeah. So, eight 8,000 people? Um, well, so,
2: based on active users, I have an estimate about 8,000 people have not touched the game mm-hmm. since prior, like, the original, because it, it sold really fast, and there's a lot of, you know, I did a lot of little giveaways. I probably gave away like, 6,000 keys? A lot. You have to give away a lot to get a lot, so. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. So a majority of those people, I assume, have not picked up the game since. I mean, if it was a giveaway game, they probably launched it once It's like <laughs> this is crap and closed it. Yeah. Which, based on the achievement data, I mean, everyone can see that it looks like a lot of people didn't even like, like fifty percent of people, didn't even like go past the main menu. Like they didn't even walk in the game because there's achievement just for walking. <laughs> so, that was that was put in stealthily so i would know how many people actually participated
0: yeah congrats you're a game player (laughs) yeah basically
2: congrats you can write a review that says you walked at least for now
0: (laughs) brilliant Yeah, yeah no that's that's good um the there's actually game analytic tools out there I don't know if there's any for GameMaker. There probably is somewhere on the New Games Marketplace. Um, have you ever looked in any of those? Because that that would do what you what you're thinking. Like they they analyze how how long. Like you, you can you can set them up to do anything. Like you can you can send an event when they when they click something. So you can see how many times they open up their inventory. Um, you can like log their key presses, which obviously is a bit sketchy. Um, <laughs> uh, you can. Uh, see how long they're in the menu, which menus they, they frequent, uh, how long they're actually in the gameplay portion, uh, each level, all, all that stuff. Uh, and then it usually gets exported to some sort of document or website um, where you can wow. view all these statistics. Have, have you heard of any really of That is really cool.
2: No, I I mean, I, I think it supposed like a like Flurry, maybe. I think I saw it in the GameMaker forums at some point, but um, it might have been an ad thing. <laughs> um, no, that's that's interesting, though. Like, I might actually look into that. Um, I'm kind of careful about like, the whole privacy policy thing in users, because Steam is full of very, um... I don't know. I don't don't think there's a way to, like, categorize those people, but they're very, (laughs) like, don't put your nose in my business. Yep. Like, achievements sometimes are pushing it for those people.
0: I suppose you could Uh, put it in the the description, or you could, like, have it be a setting. Um, Yeah, like
2: a toggle. I I think Minecraft has that, like a stupor.
0: Yeah. Uh, Are you okay with sending... Uh, usage reports, <laughs> basically. <Don't, laughs> or no? I know
2: logging key presses outside of the game. Are you okay with this?
0: <laughs> can gamemaker log stuff when it's not the uh, window? Uh,
2: DLLs, and if there's a way to keep the window, uh, yeah, actually maybe because I think you can stop the window from losing focus when you um click off from it,
0: ah. or something
2: like that, like or stop it from freezing. But okay. you can get a whole weird issues with the GUI. Drawing and stuff, I think.
0: Yeah, so you just got to trust that the developer isn't being malicious.
2: Yeah, which <laughs> yeah, I have a uh, I have a not so great rep or had for a while on the community. So I'm trying to trying to keep it good. There's lots of miscommunications.
0: Oh, that happens. Yeah, yeah. Ian, you still awake?
1: Yep. <laughs>
0: sorry sorry what What? yeah yeah <laughs> alright so uh, we're we're at the 1 hour 15 minute mark so we'll probably go for another 15 or so um, again for anybody that's listening in uh, we do have an IRC it's on the radio page I'll just put that so indiefunction.com slash radio if you're if you follow us on twitter go to twitter click on our link and then you'll be right there um, and you can, you can ask Sebastian questions um, if there's any topics that are going on right now in the games community that you want to bring up and talk about it. Ooh, there's actually something that I saw the other day. It's it's kind of old news now. It uh, happened in November, but um, mm-hmm. I, I wanted to talk about it because it's really interesting. Where Where is it? Um, the loading game... Patent. Yeah, Loading Screen Game Patent. Here, I'll, I'll send you the link quick. Oh, I know what you're talking about, actually. Oh, sweet. Yeah, yeah my friend made a whole YouTube
2: video on this where they stood outside of... It uh, Was it Konami? Or no, no. Namco. Um, who who was it that had the patent? Uh, Namco. They stood outside of Namco and actually made a game with a loading screen where you could play a game during the loading screen. Right in front of Namco, and they have it all like on video.
0: That's that's amazing. You should You should send me that.
2: I will I will. have to find your link, but yeah.
0: So, the basic premise is Namco owned a patent for, uh, quote-unquote, auxiliary games that a player can, or, yeah, auxiliary games is in the quotes, that a player can enjoy while the main game is loading. So, over the past uh, however many years, since, I think it was, yeah, 1998, Um... Because that was around the time that CDs... Were becoming the main... Uh... Thing for games... So they'd have to load all the... The... Games code and everything... Off of the CD... Into the... Into the console's memory...
2: Very slow...
0: Yes... Very slow... So... That's when loading screens became a thing... Because before then... You... You plugged a game into your NES... And... There was no... There was no loading... It just... Happened... Um... Because it all ran on the cartridge... Um... And because of that, the loading screens came into play, and then Namco decided to put this stupid patent uh, on, on loading screen games. So over the past almost uh, 20 years, the past 18 years, we haven't had loading screen games in our games. And that's I think that's something that we that would have been very great to have over the past 18 years. How many, how many times have you played a game? That takes like three minutes to boot. It's like oh, oh yeah, my God.
2: every Bethesda game ever.
0: Yeah, like some of them you can you know I think Skyrim you can like rotate the statue in the menu with a stick or something like that. that. Does that count as a game? It, it's not a game, but like it's entertainment. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> and then Playing there are some fingers. cool loading screens that are like animated. So oh you, yeah, you see like. Uh, I think Sly Cooper, Thieves in Time, uh, like you, you see them going through through time, for the loading menu. But just how how much have we missed out? Like, what do you do? You think that, like, sometimes I think about games like The Last of Us or the Batman games that, you know, have that serious gritty tone to it. Would would those almost be toned down by having a loading game before them?
2: Probably. I feel... May, or may, maybe not. Maybe like you could like cry for your parents in Batman between loading screens. <laughs> I mean... There, there's always something you could work in there, I suppose. rather I mean, than... it, it
1: could be the Batman thing. and You cry and it's like Binding of Isaac, so somehow your tears are weapons. It, oh, it makes oh, perfect yes. sense. That really there explains Batman quite Binding well. Binding
0: of Batman... <laughs>
2: Like cries in his hands and like throws the water in his enemy's <laughs> eyes and it's salty so it burns.
0: Why would you do that? <laughs> and then and then you can collect a little upgrade that changes your tears to batarangs.
2: That's that's be a long loading screen. <laughs> 18 years. Well, one. have you
0: played one of the Batman games?
2: <laughs> I I I usually only I only get like 10 seconds I think maybe. Okay. Uh, probably I long. I played
0: on console though so.
2: Oh oh. That's I've been everything. I've been a hardcore PC veteran for I, years.
0: Yeah, all the triple I do triple A games on my consoles, and then it's
1: because your PC is shit. Oh. Well, oh well, I'm not does. wrong.
0: Eh, yeah. It runs them. It's just.
2: Yeah. There's no reason to like suffer like a lower quality than if you can just go to a console. Anyways, yeah. yeah. Get something better
0: at least. <laughs> yeah. Like Witness, I, I tried playing The Witness on high the other day. Uh, that was pretty janky. Fun. It was like 10 FPS or something. I was like, okay, going back to slideshow mode. <laughs> <laughs> slideshow mode. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. So, loading screen patent is up. Anybody who wants to go make a loading screen game inside their game, uh, go for it.
2: Uh unity users should look into that because C sharp has asynchronous functionality, which it would be sure perfect is. for this.
1: I think I'm gonna make a game that's entirely done during loading screens, like it loads the next game as it does one, and then that game is while it loads the next one and it just keeps going and that loops
2: so like if you have a crappy computer, you have an advantage
1: over built fast computers, yes. And Otherwise, you'll just get, like, a couple seconds, and then, oh, you're on the next <gasps> that one, That sounds Sorry. like such
0: a great experimental... <laughs> oh my goodness. And then you, like, have to unload the other
1: game, then. Yes, so, of course. Don't want to have some memory issues if you keep going for, like, an hour of loading through all the games.
0: Especially if you got a fast PC that loads a game every five I, seconds.
1: I think I'd do the intentional, like, slowing it down so that you can see the loading animation and actually have a decent amount of time to play, because I don't want to make it so, like, oh, you have to be running it on, like, Windows 95 to really enjoy the game. <laughs> that seems like a problem.
2: Let's say I'd like most of my loading screens I get, like three seconds on. So like I imagine, unless you like piled like four gigs in there, it
1: takes <laughs> more. Than, like it's a split actually, a, it's actually uncompressing one of those zip files that just oh, like yeah, goes that into however many like terabytes. Oh, yep, yeah. I'll get you.
0: <laughs> yeah, zip files. There, there's a zip file that I unzipped the other day that just took forever, and I was like, "This is like what sixty megs? And it's just I, kept going I, forever. I think has to do
2: the way it compresses it. Like I, if it's not just a straight line of numbers, for mm-hmm. example, I think it has to like consistently swap like between. I don't know exactly how Zip handles it, but yeah,
0: it's probably some sort of switching thing. I we did some sort of compression in, in college, and that was interesting. It's if anybody ever wants to look into compression, there's some cool stuff there. It's there's so many steps you gotta like. Create a leaf tree diagram and then put it into hash tables and then take those hash tables and reference the trees and then convert it and then yeah.
2: That is really complicated. Yeah. It sounds complicated. I I just did like if there's like five ones, put like the number five and one.
0: Yeah, that's that's pretty much the easiest type of compression. It works right there. it works yeah, good for it definitely some stuff. Does.
2: But it works terrible for other stuff.
0: I, I did that once because it was we we had this eight thousand wide or eight thousand pixel wide by four thousand pixel tall image right yeah and um we were working on the PS Vita using PlayStation Mobile so we only had half of the PS Vita's memory available because the PS Mobile wrapper took up the other half or something like that yeah. or you know no 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 it. We only had that much available because that's what the other con- or handhelds that were using the PlayStation Mobile Suite were running with it was 128 megabytes. So we oh, we had the limited amount, and the the image once loaded into memory was like 500 megabytes, half a gig, just this one image. Oh. So we were like, oh my god, how how are we gonna do this? And then I was looking at it and I was like, you know, it's completely black with. With like this like uh, underwater green highlight, it's just two colors. So this is like why don't I just create a giant binary file? So I plugged it into C plus I like uh, created a, a little program that exported it into binary, and it was mm. it was a seventy three megabyte text file. So I was like, oh, oh wow, that didn't help. And then <sighs> and then I did what you did. You know, you you compress it like every if it's a series of zeros, you count how many zeros there are. And yeah. then it was it was much smaller. It was like two megabytes or something.
2: Oh yeah, that was I went from like a gig to like a couple kilobytes with that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but then once you save all of those into memory, <laughs> then you it run just... out of memory again. Yep, yeah, same same <laughs> so final was like, destination. No. <laughs> oh, Compression so dumb. So we we yeah. never did finish that game. But, didn't finish it. <laughs> yeah, no, we we have it written in C++ spots because what. What my plan was, was we had to make a game for class uh, at yeah. school. And I was like, okay, we got to make some, some game, some 2D game. And then uh, me and Jared Cohen were talking about making a game just like on our own that, that we would sell. So I was like, why don't I just do both? So I, I made it for class and then I was going to port it afterwards, but the, the PS Vita did not have enough memory to hold a single image from our game,
2: one hundred twenty-eight. Yeah, so that's like,
0: well. The the Vita actually has two fifty-six, or or maybe maybe I got that wrong. It has two fifty-six, and it has, or it has five twelve, and we were only allowed two fifty-six. I know we were just given a certain amount, and it wasn't yeah. enough for this one image because it was so large. Oh yeah, yeah. Which is just us being stupid. <laughs> so. Yeah, and then, I, and then I started, like, breaking it down into smaller... Yeah, no, it, it was a nightmare. We never got yeah, it. Yeah, no, it sounds <laughs> like it, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, have... The, I guess that'll be our last question. What nightmare have you run into while developing um, Project Explore? Oh. What's the biggest nightmare? Uh, the, multiplayer, the multiplayer,
2: by far. Yeah. Uh, there's very few games I've effectively... Ridden like 32 player plus multiplayer like open world um because mm-hmm. you know you have chunks you have to unload and reload and players step in as to add the new client for the client side and you pour more of the load on the server or the client and um i had hired a guy for the multiplayer and th- this is why it was a nightmare i hired <laughs> a guy yeah he made like 200 and i he hadn't done anything, pretty much, but, like, I just want to help him out, because I was like, ah, like, any developers, like, we got to sit together, bro. <laughs> and he just bailed on me. Oh. He was like, oh, I don't have enough time anymore, sorry. And I was like, okay, what's well, done? And he was writing in C Sharp, which is language I'm not very familiar with. Okay. And he's just like, yeah, sorry. And I was like, dude, like, literally, clients could connect to a server. Like, I could have done this in, like, 15 minutes, which I did, by the way. <laughs> um, that was the biggest nightmare. I'm not... St- too terrifying. Like, I've been working on it now the past six days, and I went from, like, zero multiplayer to clients can now connect and walk around the world together, mm-hmm. um, change terrain tiles, updates chunks in real time, unloads them where it needs to, um, transfers the world, generates the world on the server side, stored differently, uh, maps are cross-compatible, so you can transfer files. That, yeah. I feel kind of cheated now, obviously, of my my 200 knowing how how long this took. <laughs> but, uh, yeah multiplayer still so so he was making
0: 800 an hour basically yeah pretty much yeah (laughs) Yeah.
2: over the course of two months
0: oh of course of course yeah ouch
2: yeah yeah I learned don't don't hire people unless they have evidence that they've finished something before
0: yeah cross reference with past uh, past clients of theirs
2: yeah yeah
0: yeah now I know (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And on the other end then you also want to make sure that you have clients that know what they're doing so they, they write adequate design
1: <laughs>
0: Yeah. So like, oh really yeah, respect. I need multiplayer. It's like what what does that mean?
2: Yeah. <laughs> um what, one shout out before before we close off. Yep. Um I wanna shout out to my artist now, Pano Zimis. He's not in here at the moment, but uh he's the one that has redone the art style, looks a lot more don't starvish but try to at least pull out the outlines and add some of his own style to it but Mm -hmm. he's a very talented artist um we have another game we're working on called uh rock god tycoon that's been greenlit and it's been sitting on hold forever because him and I split for a little bit but we're back together um yeah very very talented artist very good designer um forgot to mention him earlier so I feel bad but
0: (laughs) no we we got it out uh no we usually do shout outs at the end kind of to wrap it up um you you got a website uh Seabass oh. and
2: Gazelle Studios Gazelle yeah uh, I'll, I'll throw it up in the uh, in this chat one second
0: okay uh, and then also uh, anybody that's listening into this uh, if you, if you're listening on SoundCloud or iTunes uh, it might be a bit more difficult but um, you can go to the Indie Function site and go to this broadcast and we have show topics uh, you just click click to view show topics and you can get all the news topics that we uh, brought up earlier and then pretty much all the links to uh sebastian's stuff so it's just all there super easy to access yep and you can buy his game and view his other work yes uh yes. you've also got a twitter uh cbass underscore n
2: Nope. yeah you can see me go off at the worlds on a daily basis it's a Beautiful. great source for uh for your daily laughs
0: all right Well, I think that's all, so we're going to jump into the credits. If you want to stick around for a minute afterwards, that'd be great. Yep. Thank you for listening in to broadcast number 71 of Indie Radio. Indie Radio is broadcasted live with 1,000 mics and recorded using Audacity. If you enjoyed this show and are interested in more, you can visit our archive at IndieFunction.com, SoundCloud, or iTunes. Our next show will be on February, Gotta look this up, February 13th with uh, Manifold Gardens' William Cheer. Uh, Thank you again for listening in to Indie Radio. We hope you have a fantastic weekend.